0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful...
1: 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world.
2: I really never thought of it that way.
1: The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry.
3: I miss him so terribly. I miss him every
1: single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. (laughs) It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. How many of you have daughters in this room? How many of you have daughters? Yes, wonderful. And don't you find it amazing how your daughters live their lives seemingly unaware of what women had to go through to have the opportunities that they have now? Isn't it interesting? That's really what evolution and what progress is all about. But in a few moments, you're going to meet two women who made history and literally opened the door for millions of us to Walk through. But first, what could bring together Bono, Sally Field, Warren Buffett, Heidi Klum, Bonnie Raitt, Madeline Albright, and Dr. Condoleezza Rice all in one place? No, it's not a political debate or a reality TV show. But what started out as a gathering of women in California is now the hottest ticket in the USA. For five years, Maria Shriver has been hosting her annual women's conference in Long Beach, California. This year it broke records, selling out all 14,000 tickets in just three hours. The conference, being held on October 22nd, is the largest gathering of women in our nation. With a star-studded, powerhouse lineup of speakers, this year's event is sure to inspire and leave a lasting impression on those lucky enough to be there. Come on out, my friend Maria Schreiber! <laughs> Step up. <laughs> So, yeah, the hottest okay. ticket, I, I heard these tickets sold out and yeah. faster than a Madonna concert.
4: That, can you believe that? It yeah, just I can. Tells, You can? Yeah. I was shocked. Excited but shocked. It just shows me that you know people want to come together, they want to hear inspirational people, and they want to be part of a community, which is so exciting. So this whole idea started because you wanted to bring women together to be inspired? No, it started, I inherited it. It yeah. was something that existed that first ladies and governors did. It was one of the things that when I became First Lady of California, I was You're like, You're first lady! I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. And and Oprah came to the very first one. She came and that's said, I'll show- uh, That's what friends do. They try to what help you out. Do. Yeah. That's right. And I was like, Can you? and she, you actually offered. I didn't want to ask you. And then actually Gail, like two weeks before the conference said to me, Maria, you need Oprah. If you want to start out properly, you've got to have Oprah to come to the first conference. Well, whenever
1: it? women gather to really uh, seek the best of themselves, right. Yeah, I want to be a part of that.
4: Well, you were. And, and the conference has grown by leaps and bounds. So it, the goal of it was, for me anyway, to make every woman feel that she was the leader she was looking for that she had that within herself, that Well, the little this... hairs
1: on my head just raised when you said that. They did? Every woman is the leader she was looking for. Right. Wow. And we,
4: we always think someone else has the answers. Which think... comes from that Hopi prayer, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Right. Look what these women have done. That you are the leader you've been looking for. And that every single person is capable of being an architect of change, even if it's just speaking up at your own dinner table. Even if it's speaking up for your child in school, fighting for the right education plan for your child, doing something in your community, every single person, I believe, is capable of that. Yeah, it's
1: about honoring your own voice and understanding how powerful that one voice can be.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: I was, you know. I, I was hanging out with Bono, and uh, oh, you were? I was hanging out with Bono, and he was talking about yeah. how he was coming to this women's conference. And I go, how are you coming? You're not a woman.
4: <laughs> so I know. But uh, how, yeah, how, how, how did you get all these cool people? Well, I wanted, I, I always look at people that inspire me. So you got with Bono the... and Condoleezza Rice. Right. You got, you and but both of those, I've tried for four years to get both of them. So it's not like they, everybody says yes right away. Yeah. I keep, and that's where my journalism has really helped me, because I'm used to people saying no. And I always try to say to them, look, it'll be much easier for you to say yes the first time because I'm going to be coming back every year yeah, yeah. and I'm going to be annoying. You are yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be your worst nightmare. So say yes the first time and get me off your phone list.
1: So when all of these women come together, 14,000 women right. are coming together and they're just speakers from every range in right. life. What do you want them to leave with? What is the with expectation that, with that
4: idea with that uh, you're the woman you've been looking? I also for. hope that the conference unites women. I think so much divides us, and I really look to the conference, which is bipartisan or nonpartisan, and about unifying us. That every choice we've made is the right choice and not belittling someone's choice and saying, you know, because you're a stay-at-home mom, you sit next to the woman who's running a Fortune 500 company, and both of your choices are right. You've chosen to have children. You've chosen not to. They're both right. Yeah. OK, so how do you decide who to honor every year? Well, we have the, we do these Minerva Awards, which um, when I became First Lady, I was looking at the state seal. And it has Minerva, who is a Roman goddess, and she's the goddess of peace and justice. And wisdom, and I thought to myself, that really embodies everything you need to have in a woman. You need to be a warrior at certain times, and you also need to be the voice of peace and compassion. So why not create an award for women who are on what I call the front lines of humanity day in, day out, some of whom are well-known, some of whom are not. Okay, so tell us about the women you're honoring this year. We're honoring Billie Jean King. Wow. Gloria Steinem, uh, who is the mother of all feminism and I think We sit here today. I was going to say, none of us would be sitting here. None of us. Mm -hmm. And I reckon... You wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting,
1: wearing what you're wearing, and Lord knows I wouldn't be sitting here. Yes. Yeah. This new generation, Mm -hmm. their their daughters are almost unaware. Yes. Unless you have really been a conscious raising mother. The daughters are unaware of the price that was paid for them to be where they are. And there's so many young women today who just sort
4: of kind of take it for granted. I was talking to, because one of my daughters goes to an all-girls school, and I had all these girls over, and I asked them if they knew about Gloria Steinem. And they were like, kind of, I think so, I'm not sure. And I was like, we definitely have to honor Gloria Steinem. We definitely have to honor Billie Jean King. Louise Hay, who is a Californian who you know, was the first person to really get out and talk about self-improvement and mind over matter and how important positive thinking. Huge leader of the spirituality. Huge leader. And her story, her own story, is so inspiring, what she went through in her own life and how nobody, which I like, nobody would publish her work, so she started her own publishing company. You know, I I just love that. Uh, A a woman named Betty Chin, who is a one-woman operation, saw a need that people were hungry in her community and started feeding thousands and thousands of people, one person at a time. And Ivelisse Markovitz, who is a woman in Los Angeles who works with young juvenile delinquents and was also somebody who thought, I can imagine a better world. I want to be the solution to that, and went about and created a whole organization for that. Okay.
1: Maria Shriver is here. Maria will honor five extraordinary women at her renowned women's conference. The first is a woman on whose shoulders I stand and millions of you do too.
2: Someone's described you as, you know, a chick with a good sense of
0: the vibrations. How does it come?
2: Um, I suppose I'm a product of my time.
1: It was 1968, and a 34-year-old aspiring journalist named Gloria Steinem was trying to find her place in the world.
2: Once I was sent to Life magazine by my agent about an assignment, and they sent me home. Said, so we want a writer, not a girl.
1: <laughs> Gloria was both, and it eventually landed her a risque assignment
2: going undercover as a Playboy bunny. I changed my name, and I thought I would get through a few auditions and write about the auditions, but they were so desperate for people that it kept going on and on, and I ended up working off and on for about a month. The article she wrote
1: exposed the treatment of women who worked at the Playboy Club, and her journalistic integrity was questioned.
2: It was already very difficult for uh, women in general to get serious political writing assignments, and being a bunny, trust me,
1: (laughs) did not help. Undeterred, Gloria became a well-known writer and best-selling author, but it was her controversial crusade for women's rights that made her a household name.
2: All of us must stand up together and say no more.
1: Gloria Steinem made history again when she co-founded Ms. Magazine in 1972, the first issue sold out across the country. We wanted to work
2: for a magazine we read. What a concept.
1: (laughs) And from that same groundbreaking concept came the Ms. Foundation, the group responsible for Take Our Daughters and Now Our Sons to Work Day. The woman who at one time opposed marriage surprised everyone when she got married at the age of 66. We both
2: felt that we wanted to be responsible for each other. And it dawned on us that the laws are now equal. You know, we we could get, get married. Sadly, her husband, David Bale, passed away just three years later. Now she's
1: 74, and Gloria Steinem hasn't skipped a beat, still paving the way for women everywhere.
2: We are just at the beginning of this huge change, just barely at the beginning. It isn't about women doing it all. It's about women not having to do it all.
1: Please welcome Gloria Steinem! I, 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 this, this is what 74 can be. Yeah. This is what 74 can be.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. We've been, lying, yeah. we've been lying about our age so long, I don't think anybody knows what age looks like, you know. That's, so, that's right. Why this not, is what right? 74 can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. So uh, <laughs> I know
1: every, every decade teaches us something. What have the 70s taught you?
2: Uh, well, I have to say that 70 was really quite shocking. I mean, because it's about mortality. and. My friends gave me a nice dinner. I woke up the next morning, and I thought, there's a 70-year-old woman in my bed. <laughs> How did this happen?
1: <laughs> you know, we were speaking briefly about the fact that everything that you've done, and I stand on your shoulders, and every woman who is doing anything in, in her life uh, I, but, but, of, and of I, and value st- stands on your shoulders, but... but and but, I
2: stand on shoulders. I mean, you know, we all do, right?
1: Yeah. And the fact that there is a whole generation of young women who don't quite understand what was done. Does that make you feel like, well, you did the job well, or we didn't do it well enough so that they know, or?
2: Well, it's important that we know our history, absolutely. But gratitude never radicalized anybody. Mm. You know, I I didn't walk around saying, thank you so much for the vote. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had to get mad on the unfairness that I was experiencing. And I think that's what happens to young women, too. And it's part of the reason that women do get more activists more radical, you might say, with age, because Mm -hmm. we have to experience what the unfairnesses are in the workplace and who takes care of kids and who doesn't and so on. But those young women will, as they experience the unfairness, have higher expectations. So they will become more activist. And in the public opinion polls, young women are anyway more likely to identify as feminists than older women, even now.
0: I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: We're not talking politics, but it's kind of hard to have you here and not actually ridiculous (laughs) and not acknowledge that this is the year of the woman. Everybody agrees. The fact that Hillary Clinton could be a candidate for president of the United States would not have happened had there not been you kicking that door Well,
2: and had there not been Shirley Chisholm. I mean, I ran as a delegate for Shirley Chisholm in 1972. She only ran in six states, I think. But she took the white male only sign off the White House door in everyone's yes. imagination. Jerry yeah. Jerry
1: and so now to be honored in this this way, what does that feel like?
2: Well, it feels great and, and what feels the greatest about it, I have to say, is that it's not me by myself. You know, yeah. that it's five of us. Right. You're so smart to
4: do that. And I get to meet three fantastic women that I don't know. Right. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to find one or two well-known people that people would be interested in, and then three that people didn't know, and that by the fact that Gloria comes, people get interested or Billie Jean shows up. Then you learn about these other women that no one might never have heard of and that their stories and their spirits are lifted And we see how we're that. all
1: intertwined, Together. how we all are. The, the thing that stands out, and I want every woman, and particularly young women, to understand, is the women's rights movement was about having options.
2: Yeah, but we're only, you know, we have a lot of distance to cover because men are still not raising children as much as women are, mm-hmm. and women are still not, I mean, you know, we can't say that it's over. The first way that people dealt with the movement was to say, we don't need it, you mm-hmm. know? Right. <laughs> and it's, it's against nature and so on. And now the way they deal with it... Was that
1: hurtful it. in the beginning? Because there were so many women who were like... Because you are right, you were like the mm-hmm. three women who were up there, and everybody's like, well, I do believe in equal pay, but I'm not like those women. I'm not really a right. feminist. Remember? Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. women didn't want to use the word.
2: No, it, was, it wasn't really hurtful, uh, because I think we always understood that people just didn't understand what the word meant, you know? And if you know that it means somebody who believes... A man or woman who believes in full equality for women and men, then lots of people, in fact, sixty percent of all women now
4: say yes, they are they are feminists. You but know if... what I, I find it so interesting about when she was saying gratitude never radicalized anyone, or what you're saying now is that I think is so important is that people like Gloria Steinem are willing to take the hits because they have a vision that's bigger than themselves, and so many of us get scared about the hits that come when yeah. you step out. Right. And uh, th- that's what I admire so much, is that she took the arrows. She had people call her names. And she stuck with it. Yes. And I think that's a lesson to us in any part of our life, to know that once you step out, people are going to get mad. And yeah. they're going to call you names. But if you have something bigger than yourself that you're fighting mm-hmm. for, you can stay at it, right? Well, Well, also, once you figure out that if you're part of the
2: wrong group, nothing you do is right,
4: so you might as well do what you want. Right. I thought it was interesting that Gloria had never thought of marriage as something that you want to aspire to. So many women think, you know, I want to be married by 25, 26, or 30. And you said... I thought of marriage as death because... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, how do you get... How would that come about? Yeah, how do you and have a well, thought
2: like it, that? I didn't invent it. I think that especially growing up in the 50s, the idea was that marriage was the only way you could change your life. Once you made that single decision, then everything was up to your husband and the needs of your children and so on. And if you really believe that, then if it's your last life-changing thing, you know, it does seem like death. So I kept saying, I'm going to do that. I'm definitely, but not right now. And I kept putting it off and off. And then I discovered I was actually happy. And... And... With uh, yourself. Yeah. Well, and men. Yes, yes, and men, too. But, I mean, not just one. Not just one. <laughs> not just one. <laughs> and so then
1: you were 66 when you first got married.
2: Yes, well, I... <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun to be surprising, I feel. Yes, 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 which, and everybody was so surprised. But were you surprised? Yes, I was shocked, and he was shocked. But we were shocked that we fell in love and wanted to live together. But I thought, well, you know, we've, I've fought for 30 years to make marriage laws equal. So why not?
1: And then, unfortunately, tragically, your husband died after three years. And I read that you'd said that having to go through that, you understood the difference between sadness and depression.
2: Yeah, I did, actually, because people kept saying to me, you must be depressed. And I knew I wasn't. And it made me realize that uh, depression is when nothing matters, and sadness is when everything matters. And it was because everything was poignant suddenly, everything. Mm.
1: And now, are you? back out there in the world?
2: Do you date? Do you...? No, actually, I had been perfectly content not to date for about a decade before I met David. Uh, hormone change is a wonderful thing, you know, I mean... Because the the, the, the part of... Let's see, how to phrase this on television. <laughs> you You enjoy sex when you have it, but yeah. that part of your brain which hormones make obsessed with sex when you don't have it, is free for other things. Wow. So this is, I, what recom- is I recommend. What age is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, post- see,
4: this m- is post radical menopause. that we could have
1: this discussion. Yes, it is on yeah. television. On television. Okay. And so, yeah. what do you still have things that you say, I want to accomplish? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'm still spending about a week, a month, at least, running around and lecturing and being an organizer and. I love that, and working in the election, and book tours, and all of that. I I adore that. I love just learning from audiences like this, and starting discussions like this, and traveling around the country. But I also am a writer, so I am trying to stay home more and write. write This is my resolve. We're celebrating women
1: today, women who broke down those walls and doors for all of us. Tell us about the next woman who made history.
4: who empowered other women is Billie Jean King. And uh, she is an extraordinary trailblazer pioneer, just like Gloria. And I've known her for a long time. And her honesty, authenticity, and her activism every day just takes my breath away.
1: It was an event that captivated the world and got everybody talking. In 1973, the question was, could a woman really beat a man at tennis? The battle of the sexes remains the most watched tennis match in history. 50 million people tuned in. (laughs) Billie Jean King easily defeated Bobby Riggs. And with that victory, Billie Jean King redefined what was possible for all women. I get men
3: today coming up to me in their 40s and 50s many times with tears in their eyes and say i watched you play bobby riggs when i was 12 years old and now i have a daughter and i have
1: raised my daughter very differently because i saw that match the little girl who saved up to buy her first racket went on to win a record 20 wimbledon titles becoming the first female athlete to win hundred thousand dollars in a single season Billie jean was instrumental in passing title IX which, if you don't remember, was a very big deal. What did it mean for girls?
3: Well, it was the first time that uh, federal funds, if they go to a private or public high school, college, or university, would finally get equal funding uh, for the first time. And that was really, it was really about education. Uh, and I think most people think it's about sports because we're so visible. Yeah. But it's really about education. The reason over uh, about 55% of enrollment in colleges and universities right now are women, It's because it goes back to Title IX.
1: Is it true that you still have dreams about that Bobby Riggs match? Oh,
3: yeah. I wake up in a sweat thinking, God, I haven't played that match. (laughs) Louise. Oh, thank you, God. (laughs) That's exactly what I go through every time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, if I wake up and I
1: go. Oh, and I go, Billy, you're 64. It's okay.
2: <laughs> Thank It's <you> over. God. <laughs> it's over.
1: It's okay. I, I bet none of us can even imagine, be, because it was mm-hmm. the most-watched tennis tournament in the history of the world, 50 million people, and it really was about whether or not a woman could beat a man at tennis. And I, I can't even imagine, you know, at the time, we were like, yay, come on, come on, do it <coughs> for the women, what you actually had to go through to put yourself in the zone to do that, well,
3: it took about two months, and I got ready. But for me, I knew it was about social change, and what I wanted out of that match was to start the minds and hearts of people to match the legislation of Title IX.
1: Did Bobby Riggs understand how big uh, Not, how big of a deal this was? He was a
3: former number one tennis player in the world, right. so I had total respect for him, and I th- I think because I respected him so much that I beat him. I think that's why. I had total respect for him. And that was such a defining moment for me when I played Bobby Riggs because I knew it was about social change. And this was a form that I would never have again. Yeah. And it's visible. Yeah. The great thing about sports is mind, body, and soul. You're integrated. You have to give all of yourself.
1: Well, speaking of bringing all of yourself, five-time Olympian Dara Torres is joining us. Dar- Dara? Hey. Hi. I... Up right there. You go, girl. I hear Billie Jean had a huge Thanks. impact on you, Dara.
3: Oh, well, you know, since the Olympic Games, I've been traveling all over the country, giving talks, and women come up to me and say how inspirational I am to them. And I think back on really how inspirational Billie Jean King has been to me. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, swim in the NCAAs, which wasn't around probably about two or three years uh, before I went to college. And it's just nice now that women and men can have the same championship. You know, she's really created some great opportunities for women in sports and – I just feel very lucky that uh, that she came before me. <laughs> you did so fantastic, and uh, and being older—well, I don't think of you as old, but I know the public does. But boy, you did! Oh my gosh! It, I mean, everybody was holding their breath for you, and uh, we're so proud of you. I mean, I mean, you rock! It was—it's great. Well, you know what, Billy? Thank you. Hi, how? I really wouldn't be here today if, if it weren't for you. So I really appreciate everything you've done for women and women in sports. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's great to see you. Uh, keep drinking big. I'll, keep I'll drinking look forward big. To. Go, go for it.
1: <laughs> These are two of the biggest names in tennis today, Venus and Serena. Yeah. Uh, they know that Billie Jean King is the reason they are champions, too. And this is what they wanted to say. Oh, I love the
3: babies. They're my babies.
5: What I admire most about Billie is what she didn't just do for tennis, but what she did for all females. She opened the door for every woman athlete that's playing in any sport right now. I don't think I would be where I am now in tennis without what she's done. For me to have this opportunity to make a living doing what I love is really all thanks to Billie. She is the ultimate pioneer of all pioneers. There's this famous picture of Billy leading all these other women, and they're all holding up, I think, a dollar, because they're fighting for equal prize money for um, the men and the women. I've seen clips from the Battle of the Sexes. Uh, I've read about the experience. I can't imagine being on that stage. I can't imagine having to stand up for all the women in the world. <laughs> thank you to Billy for making such a big difference in my life and my sister's life. and thank you for all the wonderful advice I got, you know on the court especially for my volleys. <laughs> Billy, you know I love you. Thank you so much for everything that you've done to me, for my sister, for all female athletes. You're a great person, and hopefully one day I can become a quarter of the woman that you are. I would be happy with that.
4: How sweet is that? Yeah. How sweet is it, Serena? you yeah,
1: talking. Yeah. Um, This this is how far we've come, people. When Billie Jean won Wimbledon in 1968, her prize money was just 37% of what the male tennis player won. That was 40 years ago. When Venus won Wimbledon this summer in 2008, she took home the exact same prize as the men's champion. And that is... Billie Jean has a book out called, Pressure is a Privilege. What do you mean? Because... Well, we all live with... Because <laughs> I'm like, uh...
2: Help, baby! Help, baby! Help pressure well, all... is a privilege. I mean,
3: everyone has pressure in their life daily. You might want to call it stress, but I, I like to think of it as pressure. And then I think to myself, well, it's such a privilege. Like, even when I play Bobby Riggs, I'm going, oh, God, I'm just so, like, I'm not going to get through this or... That's really what defines us and shapes us. And also, it's very character-revealing. Because we don't really know about our character until it's revealed.
1: Until you've been through it's something. through hardships yeah. or
3: whatever. And each one of you, for each one of you, and I know you were talking about leading, your, being a leader yourself, it is about identifying that for each one of us.
1: You're the leader you've been waiting for. You
3: are the leader you've been waiting for. And you, you're the one that has to take what is the pressures you have in daily life What are you going to do with it? How are you going to embrace it? And it's our attitude and how we approach things that make our lives fulfilling. And it's not easy, but that's where sports, how it integrates that body and how you have to lead. Mind,
1: body, spirit. It
3: is. It's like, and also when a ball comes to me, every time a ball comes to me in tennis, this is what I love about tennis, is that I have to make a decision and I have to live with the consequence.
1: But I love you saying that every time the tennis ball comes to you, it's about making, you have to make a decision. I do. Mm
3: -hmm. It teaches you that. And then another thing I love about the sport is the ball comes in the 360 in a circle. I have to hit the ball here, 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 Mm -hmm. here. You use both sides of your body. And I love that about tennis. It's above your shoulder, below, It can be near the ground. So it's a 360 circle that you're always adapting to. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And it's like life. We're always adapting. We're always... Adapting, and then it was... I
1: never thought of life as a tennis ball, but I now get it. <laughs> I get now it. get it. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, metaphor it. for life. Yeah. Pressure is a privilege. <laughs> Thanks again to my friend of thirty years now, Maria Shriver, Gloria Steinem, and Billie Jean King. Bye, everybody. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to the Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening.
5: Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Start clean with Clorox
3: because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because